Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. One of the best wrestling pay-per-views ever. What is happening in my ears? Okay, that's what's happening. I'm still listening to AFI on Spotify. Oh my <laughs> God. I can't hear anything. What have I done? I've closed Spotify. Oh dear. Tempest, I cannot hear you. Oh dear. We were fine a second ago. What's happened? What's happening? Is it off my phone? <laughs> what is playing the music in my ear? Oh dear. It's not that. What did you all think of the show? Well, Ollie sits there Sh- freaking there's, out. There's gotta be it out. something open somewhere. I promise y'all, we were fine like two minutes ago. Tempest. None of this introduced the show. So this is a this is a review. Welcome all. This is our review of AEW Revolution. What a show! I don't know how I'm supposed to just prep the. We're going to be talking about CM Punk and MJF first. Are you better at all? Better? Yes. Yay? No? Ah? No? Okay. Whatever. We're talking about MJF and CM Punk first. What a goddamn match so if you have any thoughts that you want he's just reacting all right i i have an idea i know how we can get ollie to to be able to give his actual thoughts on this show what did you think of that that mjf cm punk dog collar match ollie oh my god that was good great review moving on i guess just filling for time. How did this happen? <laughs> I've never, I've never seen him so before. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Damn it, Ollie. You can hear me. Yeah. <sighs> but you can't. Can, you you talk. Can you hear yourself echoing back? No, I don't think so. Okay, great. We'll do it. We'll call it this way. We'll do it in the ring. We're live. <laughs> God damn it. Whatever, no. whatever we put these on, there is, there is, there is something happening. Something is playing in my ear, and I can't hear you. Anyway, okay. More importantly than any of that, and even AEW Revolution, this episode is brought to you by Wrestling GM. 
It's a wrestling booking game for your phone. You know, like uh, the sort of fantasy managers. You ever play football manager, Tempest? Nope. <laughs> it's like you. there's loads of different promotions, fictional promotions that you can choose from. You're like, I'm going to book this promotion. I, earlier, was booking... Oh my God, is that the music? Is that what I'm hearing on my phone? Is it the game? Temp Tempest, keep talking to me. Okay. I promise, I promise y'all, we will talk about revolution at some point. <sighs> I fixed I it. It was the it game. <laughs> it's because I was playing the game. <laughs> what a plug. He just can't yeah. stop playing the game. I just can't stop. It's too good. Wrestling GM. It is a game where you choose your promotion. You book shows. So I've timed out a hundred minute TV episode here. Look, I've got my little opening six man tag here. You choose your roster. You, you get like angles and segments and you can, I've, I've got a dog collar main event. That I've booked for 35 minutes in the main event in honor of our opening bit. Start show. And then it plays it through for you and rates the segments based on how you're doing. So it's it's judging you as a fantasy booker. It's a great game. I'll do a bit more about it shortly. But the link is in the video description below. That's wrestlinggm.app. Have a search for it on iOS or Android. Right. Sorry. Sorry about the um, technical difficulties. <laughs> I, as you can see, as you can see on the live reactions last night, I had a whale of a time. I think, goddamn, like the last three pay-per-views AEW have done, it's kind of, it feels like three, four years ago with NXT TakeOver. It's like, yep. how are they getting better? I mean, I still actually prefer All Out 2021. I think that's still the best show. But man top to bottom you had this was probably the most balanced show actually because i feel all out was very weighted in the surprises with suzuki uh cole ruby soho danielson right. full gear was more the matches uh for me but then this pay-per-view had that balance of both you had swerve you had um william regal is the biggest one oh, my god top to bottom banger matches how about you yeah, I kind of, like, I feel the same way. After Full Gear, I'd kind of come to the conclusion that AEW pay-per-views were going to be, like, the new generation version of, like, PWG shows, where they just give, like, all eight matches, like, 15 to 20 minutes, and just say, go have the best match. No, like, okay, here's your six-minute opener, and now here's another match, and then here's the cooldown. No, it's just, go to the ring, have the best match you can. Every match gets time. This pay-per-view, I didn't quite feel exactly the same way, just because there were a few matches that were a little bit shorter. Like, the Jade match was only, like, six minutes or so. But that being said, I, th I think the NXT TakeOver comparison is a bit more apt now. It's just, like, three hours longer than an NXT TakeOver was, you know? The only criticism for me. Yeah. Is it the same with you? Yeah, I don't like super long pay-per-views, but them only having four of them a year does make it like, okay, I can deal with it. But that being said, like, TakeOver's just 
hit like two and a half to three hours, like perfect. Mm. Get out of there, bite-sized shows every time. You never felt like you were you were tired of watching them. This one, you get to the end, and you're just kind of like, whew, that's a lot. It's a lot of matches, you know, especially on this show, because you know, they had 12 matches on this show, you know, pre-show included anyway. And at least they had an extra hour, but still, that's a lot of matches. That's a lot of time. But I'm not gonna complain that much because hey. If, if you're going to have to have a long show to have all these matches on it, I'll, I'll take it. I Well, yeah, I I just disagree with long shows. I, I watched The Batman uh, about three hours before starting AEW Revolution. So I was, oh, I had I had a long content day. <laughs> but after The Batman, like my friends were like, that is too long. You know, that's, it could have been half an hour shorter. And it wouldn't like a, it would have been fine, but I, you know, I was actually quite a Batman maximalist there. I, I was like, I could have done a half hour more, you know, just like keep that yeah. coming at me. I loved every second. Um, but with with wrestling, I think a lot of people are like that. Like, hey, I just want to get drunk, watch all the wrestling with my friends. I don't care how long it is. I love wrestling. There is no limit to the amount I can consume in one sitting. I'm not that guy. I am a guy, and I, I feel like you can see it in the crowd as well, because as soon as Punk MJF finishes, and Danielson speaks about this in his Wrestling Observer interview from Friday, which I recommend so much to everybody. It's a fascinating listen. He says, exciting matches do not tire out the crowd. You know when you're like, oh my God, that tag match, and then, yeah. oh my God, the ladder match. That's Danielson doesn't see that as a problem. What is a problem is following an emotion an emotional match. Mm. That's when the crowd struggled to get back into something. And after Punk MJF happened, about two hours, 20 minutes into the show, yeah, I just... Obviously, the women's title match suffered a lot. I, I felt it was one of the weakest experiences on the show. Um, and then it took a while for Moxley and Danielson to get good. I, I, I think if I watch that in isolation, that might be my match of the night. But watching mm. it in context of the show, I was exhausted. And it, it wasn't until the end and, you know, Regal coming out that really woke me up. Yeah, I agree. I hadn't thought about it that way, you know, because obviously I've been to a lot of shows that have had a lot of, like, really good matches and then followed it by something else. You know, like, hell, I was at the Royal Rumble 2018 when Shinsuke Nakamura won. And then they brought out, like, the Seth Rollins-Jason Jordan match, the next match. <laughs> and you could, like, hear a pin drop in that building. Everyone was just like, they might as well have been asleep. So, it's it's really interesting. Because I do agree. I do think that, you know, if you look up and down this card, you could follow a great match with another great match and another great match. And people weren't really getting tired after the first few, like, Eddie and Jericho was really good, and people weren't tired. The tag match is really good. Ladder match is really good. But once you hit, like, that really emotional peak of the dog collar match, it was kind of – again, that was also, like, I don't know, three hours into this show or so, if you include the pre-show. So you're nearing the end of most people's kind of expiration time for, mm. for wrestling shows anyway. So to hit your peak emotionally and – have it be at the three-hour mark, I think was – you got to do it at some point because I don't know that this was going to ever main event the pay-per-view. So it's like, where do you put it? What match is going to suffer because of it? And that's just kind of the nature of the beast. But I do agree. I do think the women's title match suffered because of it. Well, shall we talk about, uh, you know, 
arguably the emotional main event of the entire card, and that is MJF CM Punk. Just as a quick rundown, CM Punk came out. The f- freaking first of all, cult of personality here. And you can see me on the live reactions. I'm just into it. I'm like, what are my eyes? <laughs> and then freaking it turned into MJF's music. And MJF came out like, you piece of crap. And then I was like, oh, that's difficult because you've just had the cult of personality pop. You can't just play it again because they had something so much better. The, the track that I've been listening to all morning, yep. <laughs> CM Punk's old Ring of Honor track, which I actually don't know the name of. It's the AFI song. Miseria Cantera. Mm. It, oh, just I, as soon as things started, it was clear that they weren't going to play uh, Cult of Personality a second time. I was just like, <gasps> they're doing it. Because this whole, yeah. like, the last few weeks of this rivalry has had very strong Ring of Honor vibes. And that's not by accident. You know, the dog, this whole rivalry is very reminiscent of Punk's rivalry with Raven and Ring of Honor. And, of course, we get the Ring of Honor news and everything from Tony Khan. So it's a very Ring of Honor time in AEW regarding something like this. And, man, I think one of the shows that we did together doing AEW last year, I said that my favorite moment, I think it was of the Brian Daniels and Kenny Omega match, was when he went up there and he said, I have till five, referee, and all the people said it with him. When Mm. Punk goes out on that stage and he looks up, and can hear people singing his Ring of Honor theme, and he smiles, I melted. I melted. Like, Have you seen in the the media conference afterwards and how Punk started crying because of that Ring of Honor sound? He's just so happy to have that part of his history in his sort of own, not his ownership, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I never ever thought i would see cm punk weeping because he loved pro wrestling so much Mm. what (laughs) imagine imagine like fantasizing about all this a year ago like if someone says okay we're gonna have a dog collar match on pay-per-view with cm punk coming out with his old Ring of Honor theme in his Ring of Honor gear, and he's going to have one of the best matches on the show in one of the best rivalries in AEW, and he's going to cry because he loves wrestling. That sounds like a ridiculous fantasy. That sounds mm-hmm. like, you know, so well, we could do this, and then we can, we can have this guy do whatever. It's perfect. And I love that the fans of AEW, wants to go to pay-per-views at least, because these are the hardcore of the hardcore fans. They appreciate stuff like this. You know, they're wrestling fans. If CM Punk came out to his Ring of Honor music in in WWE, no one would know what he's doing. Why is he coming out to this weird goth song? Comes out to an AEW and there's people singing to it, to a song he hasn't used in like over a decade, like almost decade and a half. It's just, it's really, really special that this sort of thing can happen and also be appreciated. Just to compare it to something in WWE, not that, you know, we like to do that that often, but I think a reason this works so perfectly here, I I compare it to Edge versus The Miz. When Edge came out with the brood entrance, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you doing the brood entrance because you dumped viscous liquid on the Miz. It's not really that kind. It doesn't make yeah. sense. It's just, it's so superficial in the nostalgia elements. But man, like 
this all made perfect sense within the story. Uh, the story itself was just uh, what a match. Both of them tied to each other by the chain, the dog collar throughout. Uh, Punk bled an absolute gusher, like he is a hell of a bleeder. The thumbtack spot was wonderfully worked. Both men tease going into that so much. Um, but I said on Thursday, I was like, I see this this match ending based on the story where MJF kind of proves himself to Punk. Punk kind of accepts him, but has to put him down in the end. And I was like, I wouldn't like Wardlow to be too much of a factor in that part of the story. I feel like that's a separate story. But, you know, the way they did it was <laughs> amazing yeah. anyway. Wardlow comes down. MJF's calling for him. He wants the diamond ring. And Wardlow's like, he's just won the ladder match earlier. And he's like, oh, no, I, I haven't got it. And MJF's like, you, what? <laughs> and he turns around into, what was it? Something in the thumbtacks. I can't remember. It was the, the GTS. GTS. He, hit, he hit the GTS and just <laughs> took a back bump into the thumbtacks and had one of the best faces <laughs> of a thumbtack cell that I've seen since, like, Randy Orton took it. Yeah. You just see his and... eyes, like the light is leaving his eyes as he's lying in those tacks. Anyway, after that, Punk looks at Wardlow, and Wardlow's like, it's here. It's here in my pocket, the ring. And he just puts, he doesn't hand Punk the ring. He put the ring on the apron and walked off. And Punk looked at him like, all right, I'm decked MJF with the diamond ring. There's your poetic justice. Uh, I think MJF spat at, spat at him before that. So it was that lovely bit of defiance there. MJF bitter to the very end, refusing to grow. And yeah, Punk won. And just a, it was you. You were saying off air it was your favorite match of the night. I think so. I might need to let this show marinate a little bit more because Lord knows there are a lot of options to pick from on this show. The mark of a true great show. But this was like really special. I would like to think that they will now separate for a while. They'll do something else. They'll they'll find something else to do. Maybe maybe CM Punk will face Wardlow one on one again before. You know, before they they fully go their separate ways, but I would think that maybe a championship gets added to this picture, and then they come back together later in the year, maybe six months from now. Maybe you do like Punk MJF it all out for the title or something like that. But man, from the week after Full Gear to this, this has been like one of those rivalries that you will remember. Everyone kind of thought like, oh yeah, CM Punk MJF, like that's going to be really good. It's been really good. Like, it's definitely fantastic rivalry with a fantastic match. It's definitely the best feud. I always thought, you know, recent memory, it's Champa Gargano for me, that mixture Ooh. of history, character, story, and a series of matches. But now it's this Punk MJF. I said all they had to do was have a four and a half star match. All, that's all <laughs> you have to do. Ooh. And it's not as good as the Chicago one for me, but. Yeah, four and three quarters easy. So, yeah, it's my favorite wrestling program <laughs> ever. So, wow. as as far as when where they go next, I think it's quite clear Wardlow is now gonna he's gonna get the TNT title shot in two weeks' time. Then you imagine he's gonna enter something with MJF, with CM Punk, and that's the title. You know, the thumbnail of this video is he going for the world title next? A couple of months ago, he said, I want to go for Hangman Page. 
but I've got to I've got to sort out this MJF problem first. So I I feel like now based on everything Punk's done, he's well, I was going to say he's undefeated, but he lost twice. I think Punk has to go in to a a feud with Hangman Page because Hangman Page has not had a credible threat for me yet. I never thought Danielson was going to win it because I thought it was too early. Lance Archer was not built up enough. Adam Cole didn't feel like the right time. But you put Hangman Page in a feud with CM Punk, I'm like, Punk could win that. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm weary of putting Punk in with Hangman right now because I've really liked all the matches that Hangman has done as champion. But as champion in the big matches, whether it be with Adam Cole or or uh, Brian Danielson, I felt like Hangman has been like the second biggest star of a lot of his title defenses. And I don't think putting him in a match with CM Punk is going to fix that problem. And I don't know. Something about that just makes me think that it would more or less have people kind of maybe not turning on Hangman, but having to choose between them. <clears throat> Pardon me. Oh my God. Did you know this? Sorry to interrupt. Did you know this in the main event? Hangman Page got quite a few boos near the end. It's Florida, I guess. That's cold country. It's cold country. I I think if they weren't in Florida, I mean, it was going to be split no matter what. People like Adam Cole. Well, it wasn't split. They they cheered for both guys. No, they just cheered. They just cheered for Adam. Uh, Funny, funny fans. You fans are. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what if you go straight into see it because you can only have someone win for so long without giving them a title shot in AEW just because they will reach the top of the standings. And then what do you do? So I don't know. The double baby face dynamic of Hangman versus Punk, it makes me weary. I'm sure the match would be fantastic. And I think eventually you do have to put the title on Punk. Like maybe not this year, but. You got to do it at some point because he's just having like a fantastic little career renaissance here. Ah, I don't know. I don't know if you do it at the pay-per-view. I don't know if you do it before then. I don't know what, but I think a title mm. shot's probably in his future anyway. I think you've got a uh, a real story there as well, but a lot of character conflict to dive into. Mm. I don't think Hangman, Hangman Page does drink, but I don't yeah. think he is happy about that. And then you've got mm. Punk, who's like, I'm straight edge. Hey, you want to get over your demons? I've had my demons. You need to cut out the boots. And you sort of build it around that, I don't know. If if not the world title, then where do you think Punk goes? I don't know, because he doesn't have, like, a, an opposite just waiting for him, you know? Because mm. we, we've now seen him go through a number of pay-per-view cycles. And, yeah, you could just have, you know, CM Punk against Sammy Guevara, CM Punk against the House of Black. Just pick anybody and they'll probably be like great matches. You know, like I think they could do like they usually do like a short TV feud for a lot, like the CM Punk and Team Taz feud, where it's like it leads you through like the month after a pay-per-view before we start ramping up for the next pay-per-view. I think we could see like a short CM Punk rivalry against someone like that. Like maybe not the House of Black, but I want to see Malachi Black and CM Punk. That sounds oh, fun. Yeah. You know, oh <laughs> well, what about you? You mentioned having him go against Wardlow. I think that's a great shout. I think Punk can say, Hey, I beat you, 
I deserve yeah. a, a shot at your TNT title if you're, you know, we're, we're so connected now. And then I would, you know, I think Wardlow should then beat Punk. That would be a great way to put over Wardlow in a TNT title reign if that goes that way. But also, like, what what would you say to maybe Punk and MJF having a three-way feud with Wardlow around the TNT title? I think it's difficult because I think you could do that. I don't know. I feel like if you put the TNT title in Punk's, like, view right now, it kind of takes him off track a little bit from where he's kind of been driving recently mm -hmm. you know like you said he's he wants the aew world title he's he's doing this after the match he's you know pantomiming the title i think that is his direction i don't know if he's going to be like oh there's another title and wardlow wins it that's if wardlow wins the tnt title we don't know that you know we still have to get to that point first but you know cm punk did the promo weeks ago where he said that uh like oh i want a rematch against wardlow so they still have that mm -hmm. to do there's like a weird respect between them and i think you have to do that before punk moves on so i think the next month could possibly be just like wrapping up punk's little feud with the pinnacle and more or less just capping that off with a match with wardlow and then let maybe maybe mjf isn't even on tv for like a month I wouldn't mind that. I think that would be quite good. I mean, obviously, I want him on TV all the time, but yeah. Uh, any other points to say about uh, the match before we dive into the chat? Got plenty of them. This this ranks high on my all time uh, list of entrances. I'll be honest. I love I love it. I love it so much. I'm talking about this entrance could, all day. You could probably just do a ten best CM Punk entrances, right? Yeah, probably. The return like, is number one. Yeah. This would be high. Yeah, yeah. You know, Money in the Bank would be up there. Oh, uh -huh. God, there's a lot. Oh. What a lot of great moments. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm velour xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Let's get over to your thoughts on the show, the Omega Chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Please send in your thoughts there. We'll read out every single one. Over five US dollars. None of the Canadian stuff, Tempest. I don't respect it as a currency. Neither do uh, I. <laughs> Not right now, anyway. Killwalker 2019 has been a member for seven months. Enjoyed the show later. Love WrestleTalk. Uh, plan R. The Dragon Mox Regal faction has to be called Regal Gun. Or Regal Goon, maybe. <laughs> Regal Goon. Oh. Uh, Benjamin John Milne. Fun fact, Eddie Kingston's favourite band is AFI. Hmm. Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Hey, guys. I hope you are well. Coming in off the greatest wrestling show ever to be produced. And then AEW Revolution just happened hours later. Of course, Dan was at WXW over the weekend. Yep. <laughs> Kidding. Gonna be honest, Revolution after three days of non-stop wrestling was hard. Regal is king. Oh, I'm so happy he's here. <laughs> so Looks like happy. he's gonna be called Lord Regal. Hmm. I mean, yeah, fair enough. It had William Regal on, like, the graphic, the all-elite graphic yeah. and stuff. So. Uh, Josh Roberts. What an amazing night of wrestling last night. Probably the best night of wrestling I've watched. What do you think about the possibility of Regal bringing in Joe or Cesaro to join this Danielson and Mox faction? I think there's like <laughs> so many ways you could go with this possible faction. I'm weary of not loading it up with established stars. Because that's, that's not the point. That's not Danielson's point. You know, of course, they could just have this little trio and have them just be a tag team. That's one possibility. But if you're going to add more people to this faction, I would like it to be like, well, you know, what Brian Danielson pitched. Add Lee Moriarty. Add Wheeler Yuta. You know, add, oh, I just, I need the young guy. You got to add, like, the Randy Orton to this group. You know, the young guy that's going to be the star. I agree. Uh, Zooey sung, Jade as Jade made me smile so wide as a FGC dweeb. What's what's FGC? Uh oh god, my brain's not working. What is it, chat? FGC? This is a video game, of some sort, I'm I'm sure. 
Well, as JR pointed out, looks like yeah. a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Luke was very offended by that. Think Jade is my new favourite. Nothing was bad. This was my favourite pay-per-view ever. Still think Jericho isn't a heel Tempest? Also, LAX is siding with Jericho solely off them needing him. Had Nod said so. Well, he was definitely a heel in this match. Mm. Absolutely. I, I maintain that in the lead up to this, I, I don't think Jericho had turned heel. I don't think he was still like wanting to fighting game community. There we go. That, that makes sense. Thank you, chat. I don't think uh, that he was like a full on heel before this, but he certainly was in this match. Uh, yeah, I don't think I, I would like LAX to separate at this point. Like if I had an idea at one point and I won't go too into detail about this, but instead of having the inner circle, all break off. Like, have uh, Santana and Ortiz say, like, you've gotten soft, Chris. You know, you're pandering to the people instead of doing what needs to be done to, to be on top. And have Jericho be like, you know what? You're right. All right. The inner circle. But now we're focused on you. Like, Santana and Ortiz are the the pushed ones. And the whole faction's kind of, like, dedicated to making sure that they get the tag titles. And the mm. focus is on them. But as heels again. I think he could have done something like that. But if we're not going to get something like that, I just want more focus put on Santana and Ortiz. And if they got to break up, you got to do it. Poor old Jake Hager. You know, Jer Jericho's been champion. Sammy Guevara's TNT champ. If you're pushing Santana and Ortiz for the tag belts, Jake Hager's like, hey guys, um, could I, could I, I died like MMA. <laughs> uh, Zoe again. I didn't notice a crowd drop. I, I was watching with boyfriends. So, they did seated steppies. Best spot, yes. Seated steppies. What is a seated steppy? I'm so I'm like I'm so tired. <laughs> My brain's still not working. I'm like, what is that? I have to think about it. Uh, I had a stupid amount of fun from everything. I don't know. Watching alone might change my mind, but wrestling pay-per-views are meant to be watched in groups, in my opinion. Totally agree. That's why we do the live reactions, so we can all do it together. Ben Vlerick. Cole seriously needs to stop spamming his finishers. Panama Sunrise on the outside, in the ring, followed by the knee, and a kick out, and a kick out. Flashbacks to the ridiculous matches with Gargano. His matches were good. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not, not going to, like, yeah, you can say there's too much finisher spamming, and there probably is, but when the matches are this good, like, that's just kind of the main event style now. People are going to kick out of finishers, so it'll get mm -hmm. with the times, man. <laughs> uh, we'll keep getting in your chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one before the end of the show. Over five US dollars. But before we get into the rest of the card... Go over and download Wrestling GM. Look, I'm pointing at the graphic on the screen now. It is a wrestling fantasy booking general manager style game. You can book your own shows. I'm reading the uh, description now of the fight card tab. So you decide who becomes the champion of your roster and who wins. You take control of the strategic and creative control of a wrestling company and the whole, like you've got different tabs fight tab the corporate tab the corporate tab the most exciting bit when you work out all the little intricacies of the backstage things uh ability to manage and direct the career of wrestlers in the company in your roster tab 
Uh, the game features 500 unique wrestlers with rich backstories over 20 companies spanning the USA, Canada, Mexico, Europe, and Japan. And you can make your own creator wrestlers too for your own fantasy wrestling universe. It's so cool to dive into some of the promotions. Can I? They like it's an unbelievable amount of thought has gone into this. Sorry, I'm just completing my show there. Oh, he Daily just Mystery can't Box. stop playing the game. Can I go back? Well, I can look at the. I can show you the roster. Like, oh, it doesn't have his. Oh yeah, it has his bio there. So like, this is just one promotion of twenty. And it's got the roster there. Loads of people. Loads of people. Some of them look like Tempest. And I'm going to choose... Who's my champ? Where is he? Action hero. And <laughs> he... Look, you can, like, you can plan his management. They can turn him heel or face. All yeah, little bit. Yeah. It shows how many fans he has. And you can, you know, hopefully over time, if you book him well, those fans increase. But... It has a little bio. And honestly, every one of these wrestlers has a impressive. really in-depth story. Yeah. That's very impressive when you realize like how much work that actually is. You know? Yeah, write a thousand Pokedex entries while you're at it. <laughs> and double the length. And it really helped. Like if you want to go really deep into it, you use that bio to influence the story you're gonna tell incredibly rewarding. Yeah, so go to wrestlinggm.app. You can download that on your iPhone or Android device and check out Sicko Games as well. The link's in the video description for them too. They're the people who made it. We might have to pick up the pace on this because there are 11 <laughs> matches to talk about. It's a five-hour pay-per-view. Yeah, gotta get through it. So let's do uh, the buy-in first. Legit Layla Hirsch defeated Chris Statlander. I really liked this match. I really got into it. I thought Statlander was going to win, but Hirsch cheated using a, an actual turnbuckle from under the ring and got the win. So Hirsch is sort of being positioned for a, well, I don't think she will be, but pushed to that sort of next shot against uh, Britt Baker. Yeah, I, I really like Layla Hirsch. I'm really happy that now she's getting the the opportunity to, to win and pick up some steam, hopefully get like a little bit more to do. I also think Chris Statlander has improved like leaps and bounds over the last two years. You know, I wasn't the biggest mm. fan of, I think I just didn't like the gimmick at first, but I wasn't the biggest fan of Chris Statlander when I saw her for the first time in AEW. Now, she's like one of my favorites. She had good matches like every time. This was another one of them. If she had to lose, I also thought she might win because I thought, mm. I think she might be the one that like beats Jade possibly oh. at some point. I don't know that that's going to be soon, but I think it's a possibility. I think she's a, a contender for a title. But this was Layla Hirsch's night. And I like that she didn't just get like the little mini push to build up to her little feud and then lose and probably go back to you know her spot before where she just wasn't really on TV. At least she got a big win. It was on the pay-per-view buy-in, but you know, it's still on a really big show. In 
in the space of like two minutes last night, we had chats on the live reactions that describe Layla Hirsch as a female Chad Gable, a female Kurt Angle, and a female Taz. She's doing something right. <laughs> I, I like the Taz one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she, she should be recruited to Team Taz. First, I've been first thinking this member. for years. Yeah, yeah. They sh she should be in Team Taz. <clears throat> uh, after that, we had Hook taking on QT Marshall. Went five minutes exactly. Because if you tell Hook to go wrestle a five-minute match, he's not working a second over. It's the classic Hook stuff. Did a bit of selling. Probably the most selling he's done so far. It's his highest profile match. Uh, but yeah, one with the red run. Yeah. I mean, it's simple. It's exactly what you were going to expect. And it was exactly what it should have been. I love Hook. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the final match on the buy-in, three matches on the buy-in, uh, was House of Black versus Death Triangle, Sans Phoenix, with Eric Redbeard. The, you can kind of fill in the blanks. Ray Phoenix was meant to be recovered by now. He obviously yeah. wasn't. So they called up Redbeard and popped him in the match. Yeah, and uh, again, I said this in <laughs> Rampage Review. I thought this was like... A, a strange addition to this trio, you know. I I would have picked a lot of people before I would have guessed uh, Eric Redbeard for this match, but I mean, he did his job. I think he played off of the opposite of uh, Brody King very well. Try that again. I think he and Brody King worked really mm -hmm. well together as like you know the opposing big men of each team, and then each guy on either team had a really good opposite across from them. Of course, I got to see Pack wrestle Buddy Matthews, and that was just oh. like, oh, one of the most dynamic combinations you could put together. I just saw that, and I was like, yes, please, give me this in like a hour-long Iron Man match. Oh, this match was a lot of fun. This match was a lot of fun, and I didn't know how different this match was going to be from like the later trios match, but they were very, very different. Yeah. This is really good. Uh, 17 minutes. So a proper pay-per-view match on the bind. Probably one of the best pre-show matches I've ever seen, to be honest. You know, like up there with the... Remember when the Usos, the Usos and the New and Day, Day yeah. matches or, or the... Wasn't... Was the Rhodes... What was the Rhodes Brothers match on a pre-show once? Am I making that up? Mm, Maybe that was on a main card. So. Ignore me. Um, but yeah... Uh, Really good stuff. I thought they just overdid it by a couple of minutes. I felt like the finish came and then they did a few minutes more. But that's a very, very nitpicky thing to point out. Uh, yeah, House of Black won with... The, was the mist involved? Yeah, they misted uh, Redbeard. That was it. Redbeard took the pin, as he should have. And yeah, I presume we'll get a full House of Black versus Death Triangle when Phoenix is recovered. I would imagine so. I thought this match, again, was really fun. I thought they kind of got lost at one point. You know, there was a there was a spot where Redbeard was just kind of, like, standing in the ring, looking at, like, Black and, and Murphy on the other side, and they were just kind of, like, having a conversation. And mm -hmm. Redbeard would, like, talk to the referee. And this happened for, like, a, like a minute. <laughs> and I was like, are they all just trying to coordinating, like, did we get off track and do we need to figure out what part of the match we're in or something? I don't know what that was about, but it didn't detract that much from the match for me. And I do think that that trios match will probably be even better. You think Redbeard will stick around? 
No, I don't personally. Mm. I, but I like that. I like that they can have people just kind of like like guest appearances. <laughs> I said that on the Rampage review. It's okay to have a guest star. Totally agree. Uh, the main card kicked off with my match of the night. Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho. They went uh, 13, 15 minutes. And from the, the first move of the match, you know, Eddie Kingston's sort of classic entrance. I'm just walking down here. Half and half suplex. Dropped Jericho right on the top of his head. And, uh, you know, immediately, like, what the... F- that, like, that was that wasn't meant to go that way. Meltzer says... That was exactly the plan. Jericho knew what he was signing up for. The whole idea was to make you think, oh, crap, Eddie just legit tried to kill someone. That's what Eddie brings to his matches over anybody else. I believe this guy is trying to really hurt the other person. (laughs) And they just, like, they had an incredible, not only an incredible match, but a really, really emotionally satisfying story. It was all about... Eddie can't win the big one. And he hit a spinning back fist at one point. He thought he had it won. And no, Jericho kicked out at 2.99999. And Eddie's there like, please tell me that was three. Please. And all of a sudden he's like, and I thought, oh no, he's he's getting in his own head. He's going to lose it. But then Jericho tried to cheat. Uh, Kingston tapped him out with, help me out here, Tempest. I don't even know. Like, this wasn't like one of Eddie Kingston's AEW finishers or anything. Mm. He just kind of bent his arm back over his knee. And I mean, yeah, that'll do it. Excalibur said it was sometimes I confuse you with Excalibur. That's this is a lot why of people I tell asked. me that. I, I, okay, I'm a I'm a white guy wearing a mask that knows about wrestling, but yeah, fair enough. It's that's high praise. I love Excal- yeah. Excalibur. Uh, awesome. apparently it was an all Japan wrestler finish or submission mm. style finish. Uh, but yeah, when Eddie won, he did not believe because Jericho tapped, which is yeah. you know what a way to put over Eddie. And Eddie's like, "I won," and he couldn't believe it. He didn't even register with him, and it was just, just a beautiful moment. I, I didn't. It, it touched me in a way that even Punk MJF didn't manage to. So really, really good. And then Kingston, after that sort of bit, he goes right back to being douchebag Kingston. He's like, yeah, shake my hand then, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Because Jericho said, if if you beat me, I'll look you in the eye, say you were the better man, and I'll shake your hand. And Jericho walked off. Not what I thought was going to happen, but it's interesting. If I don't, I'm not a big fan of this iteration of babyface Jericho. So if they go back to a more heel Jericho, I think that'll probably be a better move. I would have liked, I don't know if it would have been better storyline wise, because I don't know where they're going, but I would have liked if Eddie's doing the same thing, like, oh, shake my head then. And Jericho's like, all right, yeah, you beat me. Goes to shake his hand, and Eddie's just like, yeah, I still don't care. And walked away. Mm-hmm. You know, still defiant. Just like, your your respect means nothing to me, Chris Jericho. I will beat you and still not care about you. I I don't know. I I, I thought that would have been cool. But that's just me fantasy looking. That, I, I think that is a really good idea. I think that this way... It's probably going to extend the feud. I could see a stip rematch. Uh, sorry, Everett Dun- Dudgeon has pointed out here. It was the stretch plum that Kingston used a tribute to Kawada 
from he is like the biggest all japan fan ever so i love love that tracks full credit i cannot put over jericho enough in this as well because he wrestled this was this probably my favorite jericho match yeah I, i enjoyed it more than the the omega matches in new japan wow Wow. Yeah, yeah. I did. Favorite Chris Jericho match in, oh God, I can't think of how long. Um, yeah, I can't think of a Jericho match in AEW that I would have liked more. I don't think, mm. you know, like you got to go back a long time. This was while. also our first handshake spot with the news of mm. Ring of Honor. It's all about the mm. handshakes on this, on this card. <laughs> really was wasn't it yeah is he gonna shake his hand is he not gonna shake his hand is william regal gonna make you shake hands after that we had the tag match oh my god but the the, the experience of watching this show was like oh my god after every match <laughs> like yeah there's another one uh yeah. it's jungle boy and luchasaurus defending their tag titles against red dragon and the young bucks insane innovation didn't have like the emotional or the story side to it this was pure just in ring awe for me but there was an element of character dynamics here which is and it's something me and luke have have said we don't usually enjoy three-way tag only two people allowed in the ring but for this story it worked perfectly because the bucks and red dragon had to kind of work together in a very awkward way <laughs> which just what was building this powder keg of tension until it all exploded at the end jurassic express retained yeah it, i think it is better on this show to have this be just like we're just gonna go out and have a great match instead of this being the big emotional climax of a big feud you know because again you load up your pay-per-view with too many of those and you probably have a lot more burnout so if this was just going to be like, yeah, we're just going to have like three great teams go out there and have a great match, I think that's a very, very good idea. And I really like, because we see the two heels teaming up to face, you know, the one baby face in a triple threat match, like all the time, all the time. Happens like every every triple threat match. As soon as one of them goes for the pin, they're like, oh, what are you doing? That's not <laughs> part of the plan. And then they fight. And yeah, that's exactly what we got here. Let me just say, I think Kyle O'Reilly might be like the king of the pantomime. Him explaining to Nick Jackson, like, what? You try to get kick out? You don't pull me <laughs> off of that? Like, I love it. I was watching that, just dying of laughter. This is one of my favorite matches in the whole show. I would add, Kyle is the visuals guy, the facials guy. Yeah. Bobby Fish, though, master <laughs> of the deadpan heckle. Yeah, they mic'd the mic. ring really well on this show. Like, people are just yeah. talking, and, like, you wouldn't even need a microphone on this show. Mm. Um. Oh, sorry, just to go back, they advertised Kenny Omega's comeback on oh, the yeah. pre-show, and Don Callis came out instead. I was like, were you expecting somebody else? Brilliant. Brilliant. And he, But he said that Adam Cole would win. And he'll be a transitional champion for Kenny. So building that Young Bucks and Kenny versus Undisputed Era feud. Yep. <laughs> Every time you get past the pay-per-view, it's just like, oh, well, what's coming next? Oh, yeah, we're getting yeah. the Elite and the Undisputed Era and everything. Uh, 
Yeah, that that's that's a mark of a really successful booking, isn't it? Yeah. It's like it's not just a hell of a show. You're excited about the new future directions that it sets up. Very much. Uh, I'd just like to put over Jungle Boy in this as well. I yep. thought he was outstanding. He did a few things, like two or three new moves I'd not seen him do before, uh, or move combinations that just blew my mind. Yeah, I think again, it's very obvious that he's improved like so much. He's a fantastic wrestler now. Well, he was still pretty green when AEW started. Makes sense considering he was like a child, but mm. he is like a really complete wrestler and he does a lot of innovation. He's really like just he's a perfect baby face. You can't imagine this team ever splitting up because I don't think Luchasaurus or Jungle Boy could ever go heel. <laughs> They're just a perfect little baby face team. I love them very much. I really like the finish of this match. Like it, it was all just working really well. Mm. Again, as things just ramped up, you got to see a lot more of that innovation. You know, and again, these these teams are really good at giving you things that you haven't seen before or haven't thought of as like a possibility, you know, in tag matches. Just more of this. More of this, please. And then you're like, okay, I've had Kingston Jack. Well, I've had that six-man buy-in. I've had Kingston Jericho. I've had that three-way tag. Here comes the ladder match with all the big boys. Uh, this, like, all three of those previous matches, I'd say were almost on the exact same near five-star level. Uh, the ladder match was a bit of a step down just because some bits were clunky for me. I also, I think I went in with too high expectations. I saw this and I just thought North American ladder match, North American title ladder match from NXT. And yeah. it was... Nowhere close to that, um, but it, it it had its spots, it had its moments, it, and it was really, really enjoyable, uh, and Wardlow won. I predicted it. I got that point in Wrestle League, thinking, mm -hmm. yeah, I like this match. Again, it was not close to the North American title ladder match, but I also think that's like the best ladder match of all time. So, yeah. again, it's a high standard to try and reach, but... I thought this match was still very fun. They did a lot of spots that, again, I hadn't thought of in ladder matches. And, hey, big beefy boys in this ladder match. I like that they really leaned into, like, the beef of it. You just mm. get the really big boys interacting with each other. And then you get one of the little ones that pops in the middle. And then he can get, like, thrown, in Orange Cassidy's case, way too far. Oh, my <laughs> Poor God. Guy. I thought he was dead. But... This, this to me, was still a really fun ladder match with some clunky spots and some spots that are more dangerous looking than they probably should have been. Like, I don't think that powerbomb spot at the very end where Wardlow powerbombs Ricky Starks onto the ladder bridge. The release wasn't timed right, and Ricky Starks, like, went right down on his uh, upper shoulders and neck and the back of his head and everything. Did not look good at all but i mean most of the time you'd think that spot would be pretty simple you know you just power bomb him he kind of bounces on the ladder on the ropes and then that's it this looked like it sucked really bad yeah and then starks is someone with a you know a very serious neck injury just last year uh orange cassidy is apparently injured the only injury coming out of the show 
don't know when it happened, but he was. I would he, imagine we got thrown twenty yes. feet, landed on the floor. Yeah, probably that bit. That would be my Keith guess. Lee can throw people called Cassidy very, very far. It seems yeah. for all the height that he got on Isaiah, this had the length, the, yeah. the distance <laughs> over the ropes, uh, like sort of over. Starks and Christian who are outside to catch him. I thought yeah. Cassidy had some great comedy spots in this. There was a wonderful moment where the was it Keith Lee and Hobbs maybe had the the ladder and Orange Cassidy sort of skinned the cat up and then yeah. tried to grab the the sonic hoop. Um, but yeah, the finish was Keith Lee and Hobbs getting taken out by getting pushed off the stage through a table, and Wardlow won. I don't know if this is just me being a mark for Keith Lee, but I just feel like he is he is getting lost in the shuffle of AEW's roster. Yeah, I mean, he's still early. I mean, this but that's was... the time to make a first impression. I know, I know, but everyone knows who Keith Lee is. You know, I don't think there's as much of a need to have him be just like, bang, huge feud, week one, Let's go. Again, he wasn't like the number one featured performer of this match. And maybe, maybe he should have been. I don't know. To me, Keith Lee is, has like the most star potential of the people in this match is bloody Keith Lee. But at the same time, like if, if after this pay-per-view, he still doesn't get something to do and feel more significant, then I'll agree with you. But for here, I think it's just early. Well, you you know what's gonna happen, don't you? Mm. It's a feud with Team Taz. It's a rite of yeah. passage into AEW. Not one that I'm particularly excited about. Luke is weirdly in the back end. Hello. What are you doing here, buddy? Uh, well, I I just enjoyed the show so much that I was uh, <laughs> it, itching to talk about it. How was your driving uh, lessons? Dead good, mate. It was dead yeah? good. Yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. Um, so also, we've just Ollie, about Ollie, the... Ollie, I'm just, I'm just going to, why do you hate AEW so much? Like, it's the question that everyone is asking. Like, why do you have to consistently bury this product? Because he's spending all his money on, on Ring of Honor now and not in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being lost in all these bank transfers. Uh, after that ladder match, we got Jade Cargill taking on Tay Conti. Um, Jade Cargill was dressed as a superhero, I believe. No, she, <laughs> no, she was dressed as Jade from Mortal Kombat. Uh, Ollie Davis, as JR, that said that she was dressed like a superhero, the big idiot that he is. The no, you're Mortal Kombat, JR. <laughs> the first spot of this match was Jade snogging Tay Conti. So you know, like you're always concerned about you want to you want to have each match do something different, uh, particularly a big spot to get the audience awake and into it. This was the this was the equip the equivalent of the half and half suplex from Eddie on Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also before we get into the actual match, I gotta give props for this entrance. Both the, mm. the, the electric guitar. This man, this man was making love to this guitar. Like just, <laughs> it was singing. Oh, it was like angelic. And Jade came out and she would just ate this up. Oh, star power. Fantastic. And yeah, I thought this match was okay. <laughs> I ended up enjoying it more than I thought I would. 
I thought that like, how long did they go? Seven minutes. A bit of inter- a, a weird amount of interference, babyface interference, yeah. unprompted Maybe really like from that. Anna Jay. But I, I just feel like it, it for some reason it worked for me. I think it's because Cargill attacked Anna first. Mm. Um, but the the last minute or two, I, I was on the edge of my seat a bit. I never thought Tay would win, but yeah, Jade retained in the end. Yeah, it was like uh, they did a really good job of making it look like Jade may lo- like. I think everyone going into this match knew that Jade was winning because she's on the undefeated streak. She's getting the big push. There was n- not a can hell's chance that Ty Conti was winning this match. But credit to them because some of those near falls towards the end, particularly off like the Anna Jay interference, and I think that's why the interference worked for me is because it made for convincing near falls. I think if it had just been Ty Conti's pump kicks. I wouldn't have had that same reaction. Mm. Um, I think that probably says a lot about the booking of Jade more than it does anything else, or perhaps maybe the booking of Ty Conzi. But I, I thought it, it really worked for me. And this ended up being like I thought, a really, really good match. Yeah, I thought for this match in particular, I thought I wasn't super into like the unprompted babyface cheating. You know, I don't think a baby it wasn't face unprompted. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like who cheats first, it's kind of I don't think a baby face should ever cheat first in a match mm. unless you're like Eddie Guerrero or something, you know. So that that she hit her with the chair and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> I was not expecting that whatsoever, but I thought this match did do a good job of kind of like putting Jade over as just like you're just not going to beat her. You can hit her with your best shot and she's going to kick out, you know, and there, there were a lot better near falls than I was expecting in a match that I did not think Ty Conti had any chance of winning. But we got some pretty decent near falls at the end. And I think those kind of near falls just help put Jade Cargill over that much more. And that, I mean, that's the goal of all this at this point. The other thing that was After set up that, from there, oh. uh, just before we do go on, the one thing that was set up from this is that they kept cutting to the skybox with Dan mm. Lambert, with his two lads, and Paige Van Zandt, who's signing mm. on Wednesday. And it, after this match, it made it pretty, I'd say almost clear, but they certainly hinted at that perhaps Paige Van Zandt versus Jade Cargill is the direction next for the TNT Championship, over the TBS Championship, which feels like it's a big program for Jade. It's a massive program to, to throw Paige into as well. Is I, But is it a good idea, I think, is, is more the question that comes next. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it plays <laughs> off for him. The Scorpio Skybox. Aha! Aha! He's not winning on Wednesday. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, why do they even bother putting both Scorpio <laughs> and Sammy on that graphic against Wardlow? We all know. Uh, after that, we got the Punk MJF match, which we've already covered. But that was, you know, like after the Punk MJF match, that is two hours 20, I think, into the main show. So if you watch the buy-in, that's three hours 20. So as Tempest was saying, it's that like killer mix of actual exhaustion and emotional exhaustion from mm-hmm. what you've just watched. And Baker and Thunder Rosa, they went 17 minutes. Uh, it was a tough spot to be in. And I don't think they had the match... That maybe there's a world because even Danielson and Moxley struggled in the match afterwards. I would say, um, but yeah, Baker and Rosa just just never really found its footing. And I would say it was the 
although like Hirsch and Statlander was probably the the least best match, I felt this match was the weakest experience because the crowd was spent, and I, I don't think the story's been there either. No, no, no. I I will be perfectly honest. Like I, a lot of people have been really hard on Britt Baker's title reign, and I think that some of them have been, you know slightly unfair i've been a fan of Britt baker and everything she's doing i cannot handle the interference in these matches anymore this was that i the straw broke the camel's back with like the ruby soho match and that was six months ago and we're getting the same goddamn finishes in every Britt baker title defense you know like she doesn't need point, it she doesn't need it. She's Britt Baker. She's the face of the women's division. She should be able to just win a match. And she can't. She can't win a single match with by herself. And yeah. at this point, it's greatly detracting from my enjoyment of her matches. Like, greatly. I think, you know, a few people... I mean, me and Ollie both predicted that Baker was going to win this because Rosa Pinder on Dynamite. And I, I just sort of like, I kind of just got the impression that I don't think Rosa is like, I, I think we thought maybe this is going to be the time, but I just got the impression that it, it didn't feel like the right time. And I think that's because like, despite the fact that this has had effectively a year's build because they've kept them apart for a year, they only did something in the last couple of weeks. And it never had the heat that it should have had for like the big rematch from their lights out match. And I get, and I guess now probably the reason why we know is because they're saving it for St. Patrick's day slam in a couple of weeks time. Cause it's Rosa versus Hirsch on dynamite this week. And the winner gets Baker at St. Patrick's day slam, you know, one year on from the lights out match. And if that's the case, don't do this match here then. Right. Like, mm. Yeah. Because all, all you've done really is just diminish that St. Patrick's Day Slam match. Yeah, you've already got yeah. one women's match on this card. <laughs> you don't <laughs> need to two. do another one. I don't, they had three on this whole card. What do you think uh. to Hirsch getting... You know, like, Hirsch defeated Statlander. She's, like, the number one ranked woman or whatever it is. She's going to have the match against Baker. But then it's like, oh, Rosa's now been added to that number one contender's spot. Like, yeah, Rosa did... What like didn't win? She was, it was a cheat. It was a Baker cheated to win. But I'm just like, ah, oh, I think, yeah, I, well, I'm I guess not a fan got, of that either. I, well, I guess she got visual wins in the match, didn't she? Because she got a visual pin and a visual tap out. So I don't I think care you, you about make, those. Well, though. I no, I, I know, yeah. no, 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 I agree. Like they with never you, do I, it for me. I know, and I completely agree with you. I think the argument can be made though, because like in a kayfabe world. That's why she's been given this other shot is because she was screwed out of of this championship match. Yeah, I, know, I just I, I would have booked like all of this different, mm. like and this separate from the booking. But for God's sake, what does a referee need to see to kick people out from ringside? What needs to happen? You Page do match. not get to get on the apron more than once. If it was Aubrey. Oh man, mm. Aubrey would have had them out there quick as a flash. But yeah, I've yeah. got to think it's a cage match, and you know, to stop the outside interference and uh, give them just that clean, clean finish. After that, we had John Moxley taking on Brian Danielson. They had a twenty-one-minute match, so probably the third longest. Yeah, third longest on the show, um, and it was 
so like whereas Jericho and Kingston was stiff in a sort of drop you on your neck kind of way, this was more like that Moxley Danielson Suzuki style, where it was it was more about stiff strikes as opposed to stiff bumps. And God, it was compelling. And but the the I think the myself, Luke, everyone watching it in the arena was still a little bit emotionally exhausted. But also this match was kind of like you lent into it more and you just you just watched them beat the crap out of each other. Uh Moxley bled an absolute gusher. Danielson was covered in Moxley's blood. Moxley did say in that promo, I'm not going to team with someone unless I've bled with them. And my God, did he bleed? I don't think Danielson bled, actually. He just got blood on, he just got blood on him because there was a lot of blood mm. and he just got some of that blood onto him. But the, the finish was Danielson had Moxley in a submission and I can't remember. Choke? Triangle? Yeah, I think he made but, a triangle choke. Yeah. Moxley flipped it over, so Danielson's shoulders were trapped on the mat. One, two, three. Beautiful finish for this story. It could have gone either way. Um, and Danielson's annoyed afterwards. He's pushing the referee. Moxley and Danielson just start getting in a hockey fight right after. Loads of security guards come down. Ding, 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 ding. Break it up. And who should walk out from the side of the stage to break it up but William Regal. He gets in the ring. He slaps Moxley. And Danielson is like, ha ha, teacher told you off. And, <laughs> and Regal turns around, slaps Danielson as well. And Danielson's face being slapped by the guy who trained him, just like his face fell. Regal forced them to shake hands. And now we've got one of the most exciting acts, potentially, with yeah. Regal as the mob boss to right. Danielson and Moxley. Like this started out as a really mouthwatering prospect anyway, because it was like, oh man, Danielson and Moxley is a faction with possibly Lee Moriarty and Daniel Garcia. That's a really, really cool idea. Oh man, I mean, I don't think they could top this. Oh, they've added William Regal as like the, the manager, <laughs> the father, like the father figure of this. Yeah, you actually have made this better now. I totally didn't see it coming. I was really, really taken aback by it. I think you can, you know, watch our reactions to it. We lost our minds. It was so cool like the look on his face and you walk down to that ring the look on danielson's face the selling of it the crowd went ballistic it was oh, it was awesome and apparently like he's gonna be having like a major role like not just on screen but also backstage which i think is a huge huge boon for AEW. yeah wonderful news wonderful news i haven't seen something that i completely did not anticipate because i didn't i had nothing about me thought oh william regal is going to come in and be the manager of this whole faction i no have reports not either nothing no. absolutely nothing i've not seen something like that take me by surprise but be like the most perfect fit possible this was like it fit like a glove you just got the the history with both guys being like a mentor to both guys it's William Regal, so like he fits with the AEW crowd. They would respect him more than like well, if you just showed up in WWE in like the mid two thousands. Like the the fans are more inclined to respect William Regal for his body of work at this point. Hearing him get that pop was just ooh, it was so cool. Like, the ending of the Britt Baker match was bogus, and, like, the low point of the show, 
as much as I love CM Punk MJF, I think this post-match segment was like the peak of the entire show. Well, AEW is all—it's all about the debuts, isn't it? That's how they—that's yeah. the only way they could get pops these days. Is to bring. He didn't have a T-shirt. <laughs> William Regal should have been wearing a T-shirt to sell. Uh, I thought it was—it was awesome. I cannot wait to see William Regal slap the taste out of Daniel Garcia's mouth, and it was like almost like a get serious son promo on him. Oh, oh it's going to be good. Well, like that's the initiation to their faction. You get slapped <laughs> by Regal. Hell yeah! Come here, sunshine. Really exciting. Really exciting stuff. Uh, he wasn't the only signing on this show. Actually, earlier, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, or Shane Swerve Strickland, uh, was announced. He came out, sort of signed the contract with Tony, did a little bit of a Who's House promo. Good God, he looks so freaking cool in the suit and skinny tie. Yeah, absolute star power. I, you know, can't wait for him to feud with Team Taz in about three weeks' time. <laughs> hey, man. I this guy against ricky starks that sounds fun to me yeah i i just love yeah, the sounds fact fun. that you know tony khan standing on that ramp with a contract in his hand being like we've got a big signing here who could it possibly it's a swerve in massive yeah. like <laughs> letters on the con- gee i wonder who it could be tony spoil the surprise to, to their credit that could just be a note like a vince russo style note to themselves <laughs> remember to swerve fans remember to swerve people <laughs> this man uh, I don't want to be hyperbolic because obviously CM Punk has signed with this company. Brian Danielson has signed with this company. We've seen a lot of very big signings. That being said, Swerve coming in is like maybe top three in terms of excitement for me. I want this man to be like AEW world champion, like maybe next. I... Mm. This man, I love Swerve. This guy has it. And again, similar to the CM Punk entrance thing, I like that the people knew his indie chant. (laughs) Not even, he he didn't do the Who's House thing in WWE. They knew. They, God, I don't know what's happening outside now. We're getting bad weather. But man, this was cool. You didn't have to do too much. But I like where they're just like, we got another one. Here he is. Just just keep him coming. Load the roster. I don't care. Where's Cesaro? Bring him out next. Mm-hmm. He was that cameraman, wasn't he? Really? Yeah, we, I, so I didn't see this until after the show, but there was a cameraman apparently during the main event who was massive mm. and was wearing a mask. And everyone thought it was going to lead to this big angle at the end of the show. And then nothing ever happened on it. Just a big <laughs> and so there was just a big camera guy. But everyone was like, oh, the yeah. camera guy. It's probably it's probably Claudio. <laughs> the he next match. Adam Cole and they just think he's massive. <laughs> the next match was a trios match. Uh, the sort of nostalgia fun pop one. It was Darby, Sammy and Sting taking on Andrade, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy. This was, you know... This was really well-placed match in the card and that it brought people back into it despite being, you know, we're, we're four hours, 15 minutes into this show now. Uh, and it was it was chaos from the start. The, the two most distinctive spots were a Spanish fly from Sammy Guevara on Isaiah Cassidy off the top of a bit of the revolution stage through some tables. Good God, that looked dangerous. Um yeah. And the other one was Sting 
diving off the top of a sort of uh, balcony entranceway bit in the audience like a sack of logs <laughs> on Andrade through two tables stacked on top of each other. I, 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 you know that CM Punk promo when he was saying like, "Apologize, apologize." Mm. I, I think we now need to ask you people to apologize to AEW because every <laughs> single person, us included, were like, "Why is this match on the pay per view? Oh, why did they put this match? What a stupid match up on the pay per view!" And boy, howdy, were we all wrong because this was awesome. <laughs> it was so much fun. Well, I, I would push back on that because. I don't. I don't actually think there's a reason for this to be on the pay per view. This could very Same. easily have been a dynamite main event, like like we did get last month uh, with the who was it? Two point Well, against Sting and Darby Allen. Yeah, months when, that was, was like six months ago. <laughs> no, when Sting did the dive off of the off the balcony through a table. That was February, January, wasn't it? That was last night. <laughs> anyway, I had a this was a really fun match, but it did not need to be on the pay per view, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I'm being sort of you know, I'm, I'm doing it for comic effects, but I thought this was I thought it was a lot of fun. I was actually thinking about like, do you guys think this might have actually been a better placed um, after the Britt Baker match? Because, yeah. like, I know that they sort of use this as the buffer between Danielson and Moxley into the main events, but this actually like mm. brought the crowd right back. So if you'd have done this mm. after the Baker Rosa match, they'd have been probably more hyped for the Moxley Danielson, and then the the Regal pop would have carried that through into the main event. Honestly, I don't think you're necessarily wrong, and I I think that Danielson and Moxley probably would have benefited from going on a little bit later. I don't think that match would have detracted from the main event very much. And it would be really hard to not pop at every turn for this match. I kind of agree that if this pay-per-view wasn't a million hours long, I probably could say, like, yeah, just put it on the pay-per-view. It's the fun, like, almost false count anywhere, like, brawl-type match that we seem to get on most of these shows, where it's just, like, mix it up a little bit. We got the false count anywhere match last, last pay-per-view that was also excellent. It didn't need to be on the pay-per-view. I enjoyed watching it, but like if you're looking down the card at like which one can get cut for time, this would probably be the one. But that being said, you have to set up the, the debut of the NXT champion. <laughs> mm. Apparently it's not this when apparently it's not this Wednesday. Yeah, well it, I think it's like March uh, March tenth, which would be the day after yeah. Dynamite. That's, of course, Jeff Hardy joining Matt Hardy because uh, Matt didn't take the pin. Did Matt take the pin yeah, in this Matt match? Right. Yeah, yeah. So he'll probably, yeah, leave the HFO or Andrade will do some kind of hostile takeover nonsense in their staircase office. Hopefully Succession. he can get them a better office. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the yeah main Matt event... Hardy gets a vote of no confidence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I want to see is I want to see the succession scene with Matt Hardy in, the, in that role. I like this idea, actually. You get Private Party having to vote against Matt Hardy and him being, like, heartbroken about it. Mm. You better be sniffing mm. your arm here, Isaiah. Mm. Uh, the main event was Adam Bowl, uh, which brought all the great chants. We want, Ad was we want Adam. Let's go, yeah. Adam. Let's go, Adam. Adam fight, for, fight for Adam. Fight for Adam. <laughs> 
Very good. This is Adam. Did we get a this is Adam? <laughs> yeah, this is Adam, yeah. <laughs> uh, very fun. Uh, it was Hangman Page, of course, defending his AEW world title against Adam Cole. It was just sort of like those Cole matches from NXT. Uh, it was worked around Hangman Page selling the arm, Cole working over the arm for the Buckshot Lariat. Really nice story there. Red Dragon came down at one point, and Dark Order ran in as well. No Young Bucks stuff, no Kenny stuff, no Don Callis stuff. So two distinct stories. I got the impression that this is the end of the Adam story for now. I don't think we're going to have another match in this series. If there was some Bucks or Callis involvement, I would think otherwise. Um, but the they they went long enough, and Adam Cole spammed enough finishes, which I don't mind about when it works. I think this did work in this occasion. That I actually thought on a couple of occasions Cole might win, which I which would you know something I did not think going in. I thought it was actually one of the more predictable matches on the card. So credit to them, but Page hit Cole with his his own um, knee and the then boom. hit the lariat with the boom to to some booze at some point for Hanger. There was a yeah, I mean, like this crowd did seem legit split in terms of people wanting to see Hangman retain and people wanting to see Cole win. And I think those portions, when they realized that Hangman was retaining, were like, oh no, but I want my boy. I want my Adam mm. to win. So like, especially when he hit him with the boom, it was like, no, boo you, sir. <laughs> Are they saying boo or boo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to give uh, big props to the one Excalibur on this on this show mm. for this match in particular because adam cole hits the boom and i'm like no one kicks out of the boom i don't know if anyone's kicked out of the boom to this point and then hangman kicks out and excalibur immediately is like he didn't pull the knee pad down he was trying to keep the, the momentum going and everything's going so fast that i didn't recognize that just watching it i was like what a great commentator mm. just immediately being like that finisher's not lowered he didn't get to hit it properly Brilliant. Uh, yeah. I thought you were going to say props to Excalibur because he was there to keep salty, tired JR in check. <laughs> it was just like, by the end of the show, it was just like, man, am I still here? <laughs> Come on, JR. Cheer up. It's fun. But yeah, uh, what do you went here earlier, Luke? Now that yeah. Hangman seems to have concluded this Cole storyline, who do you think's next for Paige? Well, it's going to be Punk, right? Because like Punk, you know, the whole midway through this MJF feud he essentially mm. said I've got my eyes on the world title and this MJF feud almost felt like a number one contenders style thing you know MJF can spell into a feud with Wardlow it sets Punk up Punk was apparently in the media scrums was saying along the lines of that's why he's setting his sights on next so yeah I, I could see Punk Page being the uh, the next match like you know that for double or nothing I mean maybe you want to do that for all out though you know mm. if you're going to do if you're going to give Punk the belt you want to do that in Chicago, right? It'll, all all that's in Chicago, man. isn't it? Yeah. Usually. Yeah. I don't know this. I'm I'm really, really weary about Hangman and Punk. I You got to almost do it soon because, like, the, you can only give CM Punk so many things to do before he has to challenge for the top title. But I really want, like, CM Punk to be a heel against Hangman Page. You know, yeah. I think those promos, like, I uh, could fantasy book the whole thing, but like, maybe Hangman Page loses the title. 
maybe he like goes back to drinking at some point, and then CM Punk can be like, "What are you doing, man? Straight edge, you do so straight edge thing, you know." Mm. There's just a lot of possibilities there, and I don't know that the double baby face match is like the best way to do this match, but I'm sure it would still be great. Is this because you just wanted to be Hook? Of course, I want to be. Needs to be every world champion. See, I can't just say that. Without, I, I need to do like the twenty-minute preamble. No, no, it's, it's, it's okay, Tobias. We don't. Well, we haven't got time for that. You just think no, that Hook no. should win the world title. That's fine. Yeah, you know, that's what we'll, that's what we'll leave it with. Full stop. <laughs> uh, what would you both give the show out of five? Six. Yeah, six. Five. Let's see what the Swath Nation thought. Surprisingly, oh, you know what? It's not seventy-six percent is overwhelming, but we have had AEW shows where it's been even higher. Uh, 4%, sorry, 17% for 4 out of 5, 4% for 3 out of 5, 1% for 2, 2% for 1 off of 6.3 thousand votes. Uh, I have gone with 92% for this show. It's too long. Yeah, yeah maybe. But the, the, there's a reason Raw is down on the scale. It's because it's three hours most weeks. If it was a two-hour show, it'd be higher. I would say yeah, if this was good, it wouldn't bother me that much. Yeah, I would know? say this didn't feel like a nearly four-hour show. I, I thought this. I think I it thought, very much did. I thought this flew by, really. Like there was a period of time when I realized there was only like three matches left, and I was like, "Oh wow, the crowd, the crowd no, actively know, died." No, I know the, the crowd actively died. I'm not disagreeing with that, but like I'm saying, for me personally, I thought it was a, a breeze to watch. Well, we had we had a 45 sleepy minutes after MJF Punk. Because it was three in the morning. Yeah, I think I feel it, regardless. Uh, we've got loads of chats to get through, so let's get to those. Um, Tem Ruzza says, This is incredible. Ollie never changed. Haha. Ha. CM Punk and MJF was intense and so wonderful. Loved it so much. And Wardlow, you beautiful bastard. Still can't get over William Regal. I'm still shocked. CM Punk in the scrum was emotional. Happy Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. Tem Ruzza continues, I can't wait until being the elite. I would love it to be an hour. I'm not complaining about the length of the show if it's exceptional quality like this. Americans complaining about the time shouldn't come here to Australia or be there with you in the UK. Hashtag thank you, AEW. Oh, because it's different uh, time mm -hmm. zones. And Temra's again. Really need those trios titles. So hyped for trios matches now. They do them so good. So excited for Double or Nothing. Huge crowd there. I need a huge stadium show for these guys ASAP. Jericho looking five years younger now. Damn. Sting, you incredible man. I reckon once Kenny's back, the trios titles are coming in very very soon. Like they've set up a lot of three man teams recently. Yeah. Bored dude, six thirty. Here's a fiver for Angry Dad Regal coming home after being fired after a hard day of work <laughs> and seeing his kids fighting each other at home, then putting them in their place. Uh, the guilty hat. I don't know what I'm more excited for after last night. Wardlow versus MJF for the TNT title. Papa Regal and his violent sons running the show. Our, our champion Hangman continuing to defend in other people's match styles or the Adam Cole boyfriend drama. It's Regal My for me. My favorite description of William Regal was Bix, who said that he's going to be the Charles Xavier of like the school for gifted, violent children. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. 
the bad one, Jam Beard. Colder Personality is the better song and better entrance, but his ROH theme with AFI and the gear and it being him one-upping MJF was absolutely perfect. Michaela Traub. Another super fun pay-per-view in the books. I'll admit, I was a bit annoyed that Tony waved that clipboard and we could clearly see Swerve in bold on it. That's okay, though. We knew already. I did love Eddie's little skippy handshake dance towards Jericho. Jade looks so good lately. I was really hoping for a Rosa win, but she can get it in two weeks. That was my only wrong pick. Also, all the Wardlow, all the time. Had a real blast with my friends last night. Even the buy-in was baller. Love you guys. <coughs> Jack Wivel. First time Omega Chatter. This is the first pay-per-view I've ever bought. And although I was a little let down after letting it simmer, I was very satisfied with the show. Dog collar match dragged a little bit, in my opinion, but still brilliant. Kingston and Regal, the best parts. Hmm. I mean, I can't say that I agree with the criticism of the dog collar match, but it's an opinion. Certainly is. Nicholas Lama. Does Regal Goon take on the Nightmare family for ownership of the school? Yes. <laughs> Regal getting in the, the face of Mox and getting his blood on him was the Regal I love and miss. So happy to see him. Does Do they try and recruit Hook? Oh, <gasps> Hook. Well, yeah, but you can't get away from Team Taz. Team Taz is a family. Like, literally, they are, like, you know, yeah. part of them are family. Zoe sung, Mox and Brian did the kicks together and I lost my mind. Oh, the seated steppers when they were down on the floor and they were just booting each other in the oh, head. Oh, I remember see. now. Also, fighting game community. Women's new belt looks so good. I hated the old title. Looked like a Barbie toy. Hated it. Yeah, they got a new women's title and a new men's <laughs> title, according to JR. <laughs> Apparently, someone said it is slightly bigger. So I guess it is a new world title. Apparently, the, the tag titles were also slightly bigger. But yeah, that new women's title is so much better. A vast improvement. Uh, Zoe continues. Also, never forget, Taz gets mad in an amazing way. Love him when people make orange a part of their shirts or gimmicks. Taz getting mad at the sky for being blue is the best comedy. I giggle snort when he goes off, then goes back to commentating. Jack Lemon. I went to see this in my local theatre. It was so much fun. I hope they do it again. I was wearing my new William Regal shirt last night, so I feel like I manifested him to the pay-per-view. Uh, you, Jack's, J sorry, Jake Lemon has actually chatted that in twice. Um, Juan Villa says, Tempest, did you really get pulled over by Chicago police with your mask on while you were here for All Out? Did they actually know who you were? Did the, did the Chicago cops know who I was? Uh, no, no, I, I did not. I was not. I'll be honest, wasn't wearing this mask. I was wearing a mask because I'm a, I'm a good, uh, good COVID person. But the the Chicago police did in fact not know who Tempest Tempest of WrestleTalk was. It's a big wrestling town, Chicago. Surprise. Yeah. They'll, they'll know me. And some Reinhardt. First time Ultra Chat here. Got to watch Revolution at a movie theater last night. Few people have gone see them in the theaters. And sleeping because I have my birthday off today. Keep up the amazing work, you guys, and jam that jam. Happy birthday, Anson. Happy birthday. Uh, Monday. Fantasy booking. El Fakador returns to join LIW. Wrestle Jamia is a triple threat. Winner takes all with Pete versus Ollie versus Luke. Fakador and Tempest turn on Pete, costing him his championship. What y'all think? I've already made a match card for you. I mean, Tempest, you're the one who's got the, the beef with Pete currently. LIW is fine, Luke. Don't, don't sow dissension. I mean, it Luke's would be fine the if champion. you had a, Yeah, the real champion. Yeah, all right. This guy. 
uh, Charles Berg. And once again, AEW puts out a top-notch pay-per-view. Can't really say anything that probably hasn't been touched on. So I hope everybody in the chat, the wonderful moderators, and you two sweet boys, well, three now, had some delicious food and a nice weekend. Can't confirm. Shout out to the mods. You all are wonderful. Uh, Tyler Robinson, being a developer for the AEW video game must be frustrating. They were probably almost <laughs> done. And then Tony Khan added more wrestlers and bought a whole new promotion. It's the opposite <laughs> problem with 2K. <laughs> Maybe they could buy the character designs off 2K. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, that's why it's been delayed for like a year. <laughs> like, it'll be out in 2022. <laughs> They're like, oh no, I've signed 80 new people. I was like, well, God dang it. <laughs> Nerfair 3. When Jade came out as Jade, my bisexual sister literally screamed, oh my god, she's so hot, and then completely lost her mind when she kissed Tay Conti. Calm down, Nerfair's sister. Honestly. <laughs> Who would get excited about that? I was going to say, Ollie was not, like, you know, he was like, well, it's Jade versus Ty, well, whatever. I mean, within, I'd say, 30 seconds of that match starting, he was like, match of the night. It's match of the night, match of the year. <laughs> Meng, I want to see Pack challenge Hangman's title, paying off the first match of the promotion that you saw, Luke, live. Uh, of course, in WrestleGate Pro. Uh, but he's stuck in the House of Black Feud. Unless they pull out the triple threat, Pack versus Malachi versus Hangman, parallel the mega title run from Double or Nothing last year. Oh, my God, a Pack versus Malachi Black versus Hangman Page three-way. Sounds I mean, very good. <clears throat> Ollie the Quaxley says, Ollie, do you as Tempest does believe in the heart of the cards? <laughs> Ollie, do you do you do you believe in the heart of the cards? I don't know what's happening. It's Braun Breaker, the magical warrior. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah. Uh, what, why is it the heart of the cards? Because when you believe in the heart of the cards, you get anime protagonist power and you win everything. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, on a more serious <laughs> note, last night was the very first pay-per-view I bought. And although I enjoyed it, I don't think I'll be buying off of uh, Bleacher Report Sports again. It was terrible. Jam that jam and peen that I peen. I heard bad things. I yeah, heard there were troubles last night with Bleacher Report. Mm. Use fight. We had, I was going to say, we had zero issues with fight. Yeah. yeah, just a horrible chat section. Danny G, <laughs> what a fantastic pay-per-view. Can't think of another show with so much progression and interest heading out of it and not a single title change. That's a good point. No titles changed hands. Just brilliant storytelling all round. Oh, yeah. And William Regal, that would have been the price of admission alone. Um, I think All Out last year had significantly more interest coming out of it. Yes, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's probably recency bias there, Danny. Andrew, the last airbender. Am I the only one that felt weird about the Jade Kiss thing? Gave me Ric Flair, Becky Lynch vibes. What was the Ric Flair, yeah. Becky Lynch vibes? Yeah, Ric Flair forcibly kissed Becky Lynch at like the Royal Rumble in like 2016, I think, when she wrestled Charlotte and everyone's like, ah, oh, you can't do that. Because, yeah, an old man should not be forcibly kissing a young woman. That's not good, you know. Uh, but Tay did it back later. So it's like, it's just revenge for a... They're just really aggressively flirting. Mm. Uh, also, should Lee have won? Yes. I might just have Keith Lee blind this, but now I'm worried for what's next. Did Wardlow need it for the MJF story? Still five out of five, though. Yes, he did. Yeah. The storyline beat <clears throat> of 
M of Wardlow winning the TNT championship and having to hand it over to MJF because that's part of his contract is such a better story than Keith Lee just winning a ladder match and winning a belt. Yeah. Nay less. I'm still hyped from last night. I don't have much of a voice, but worth it. Was sitting just below the suite where some of the wrestlers were, and it was fun to see them enjoying the show just as much as the fans. What a great weekend all around. Uh, Cameron Anderson. Watch Revolution in a movie theatre again last night, about half full, smattering the a smattering of claps here and there for various spots, but the biggest pop came from Wardlow being the worst best man. Four <laughs> hours flew by faster than Luke's love of Avatar. Love the show, boys. Luke, uh, the film, the, yeah, the film is better than the anime. I think it's just it's an, yeah. opi- it's an opinion that everyone holds. <laughs> Nate S. When we go when we got to the trios tornado match, people around me were talking like, "Okay, we can catch our breath and recharge for the title." Went, "Holy sh! Is there all killer no filler show a bold strategy?" I loved it, but it's hard to maintain. When you got a rock, I mean, yeah. yeah, I think we we kind of just talked about it like at the beginning of the show. Like, it's the the emotional roller coaster that they take people on with the really emotional matches. Because I thought Full Gear was like a fantastic stacked show with like. 10 straight four star matches or better. And I didn't think the crowd really ever got burnt out for that. Manuel Sifuentes says, Hey there, amigos. Another great show. Well worth my $50. Little nitpick, like you said, Ollie, these pay per views need to be at least under four hours with the pre show. So a three hour main card, just like the old WWF pay per views, one hour of heat and then just under three hours of pay per view. Keep up the great work. I agree. Will Campbell, hey guys, loved the show last night. The whole CM Punk versus MJF match was nothing short of enthralling, including the entrances. Also, probably one of my favourite moments of the night was when Remsburg saw Regal's face and scampered for cover. (laughs) Didn't notice that. I didn't either. I gotta go back and see that. Dex Baker, I watched this reactions on a 30 second delay behind the pay-per-view, waiting for you guys to see Regal was the moment of the night. Oh, so cute. We popped big. Oh, Ray Slover. <laughs> AEW is just it. AEW is just a t-shirt company that puts on a wrestling show as a side hustle. Also, why the Dark Order still supporting Hangman? Since he's won the title, he's basically ignored them. He even said in a promo he's been a terrible friend. Because they love him. Yeah. And they're, they're the supportive friends. Uh, and finally, J.S. Wooten. The power of being a D-A-D. You can sit through a five-hour show and it just flies by without a lull. I don't know what show Ollie was watching, but the crowd never hit a lull. They endured because it's not long, it's special. Only four a year. They have to be... Uh, I disagree on that. I think you can you can hear the lull yeah. in the crowd. It ha- It did happen. It's audible. Well, like you can... It's not like, oh, well, the crowd died. Or where did it die? Eh, somewhere. No, it's, it's right there. Yeah. Point to it's right I can, there. I can like literally pinpoint it. right there. You can yeah. pinpoint the moment his heart breaks in two. <laughs> <laughs> that is all the chats. Thank you, everybody, for sending those in. And thank you, everybody, for joining us here today and watching the live reactions. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the Wrestle Talk podcast. Got the Raw review tomorrow, NXT review on Wednesday, AEW Dynamite review to see the fallout from this show on Thursday, and so much more afterwards. And of course, Check out our amazing sponsors, 
Wrestling GM. It's a fantasy booking wrestling game universe on iOS and Android. The link is in the video description for below. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. That's been Tempest. Your new Jam That Champion, Luco in DAD. Jam That Jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.